0: hey, I wish I could tell you we had it all planned out that we were going to announce the transition last weekend and then give me an opportunity to preach this weekend. Um, But that, it just kind of worked out this way, right? It just worked out this way. And so I'm like, man, we couldn't wait until the next weekend to announce I'm becoming the campus pastor. Now I got to preach and the pressure's on. No, it's good pressure. Hey. I just want to let you know, I just want to take a moment uh, before we just get into the message, uh, just to tell you how excited Katie and I are um, and how humbled we are. I'm telling you, like... Myself in a million years could could never have planned this out. Uh, Just myself, and it just goes to show, man, as you follow Jesus, uh, as you live a life committed to obeying Him and serving Him, He will always do way more than you could ever hope, think, dream, or imagine. And um, man, we are excited. And uh, there's this new hill. The new Hillsong record is out. It's called. There's a new song on there. Uh, The first song on the track is "Ready or Not." And there's a line in that song that just I believe is just, uh, I just, I'm believing it's just a word for our campus moving forward in our community. And the line goes like this for all we've seen. Come on. And let's thank God for all we've seen. Come on. God is so good. So gracious. So amazing. We've seen amazing things. We've seen miracles and life change for all we've seen. We ain't seen nothing yet. Come on. Are we ready? Are we ready? All right. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this time. God, I thank you for this opportunity, God, uh, as a campus and as a church, God, to turn the page, Lord. And we love when you do new things, Lord. And we know that um, you are with us with all of this. God, we thank you for Pastor Zeus and Tasha. Lord, what a blessing they are to us, to our church, to our campus, God. And Lord, we don't let them go. God, we are sending them to the Shakopee campus, God. Uh, Lord, because it's not about locations. God, it's not about uh, preferences, but God, it's about building your kingdom and God being used by you and serving you and hearing your voice. And God, I thank you that you are moving through all of this, Lord. We love you, God, we're excited. And Lord, uh, we thank you that with you, the best is yet to come and we ain't seen nothing yet. In Jesus name. Come on, someone say amen and amen. Well, yeah, we are in week three of Kingdom Culture. I love this series. We're working uh, through these 10 traits of what a committed follower of Jesus looks like uh, through this summer, and we are moving. Remember, it's it's just this progression. You may come into church, and you're curious about church. You're curious about Jesus. You're just wondering, what is this all about? And you may make that decision to become a believer in Jesus, where you repent of your sin, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ. But can I tell you, church, there's a difference between being a believer and a committed follower of Jesus Christ. And what's scary is that we can be believers of Jesus, but not be committed followers of Jesus. And the warning is, and Paul even mentions this, he goes, man, even the demons believe in Jesus, and yet they shudder. And we believe and we don't change. So there's a, there's, a, there's a warning there and there's an opportunity there for us to grow in becoming committed followers of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're working through. Every message is a standalone message. And can I just tell you, you have to sometime this week go and listen to Tasha's message because it was fire. It was so good. I don't want to speak right now because it was so good. Um, but uh, here we are. So, um, But we're, every message is a standalone message. And so today we're talking about a heart of a servant, right? To be a committed follower of Jesus, as his, as his people, we need to have hearts that are committed to serve. We need to have servants' hearts. And to be a servant means to, to be someone that does a service, okay? Uh, being a servant doesn't mean going to a service. Being a servant means doing a service, right? There's action there. And but I don't think you can be a committed servant and have a heart of a servant without having a heart of humility and having a heart that is selfless. And the opposite of selflessness is selfishness, right? We're in a culture of selfies, of promotions, of me, 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 and my feelings, and this is what I'm all about, right? But a, a call to follow Jesus means laying that down and being a selfless follower of Jesus. It means, it means exercising in humility, right? It's about exercising in humility. And humility is one of those weird things that's hard to define, right? Because you can't be like, man, I'm just super humble today. You know, it's just one of those things you can't, you can't really, man, throw a a, a dart at and say, that is, I'm being humble today. I'm really crushing it in humility. But I like how C.S. Lewis puts it. He says, um, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less, right? It's thinking about God. It's thinking about people. It's putting people first. And let me tell you, church, I found out the depravity of my selfishness when I got married. Okay. I realized, man, I just love taking care of and thinking about myself. Now, before Katie and I got married, we've been married for 10 years. Come on. We've been married for 10 years. And, um, (laughs) part of being married is you take, you take the, like the, you do this test, you know, the five lung languages, right? Have you ever done the five love languages to figure out what your love language is? Like how you give and receive love. And mine are, man, I just love hanging out with people, man. I, I'm a physical touch person. So if I'm talking to you, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder, be like, what's up, how are we doing? You know, and, and gifts. I love presents. I love things. I'm, I, I'm not perfect. Okay. Uh, Pastor Zeus and I are the same, man. We just love presents, you know, Um, my wife's are none of those. It's now you think I'm a preacher. You'd think I'd crush it in words of affirmation. uh, And I've had to grow in that area. It's not natural to me. I just like, just want to be like, good job and give her a high five, you know, but it's like, but it's like, it's just being good at words. And then the one that I'm the worst at and the one that is like the most that she feels love and, and she's taken care of and she's, she's cared for and treasured acts of service. Dude, when when we first got married, a sink full of dirty dishes to her meant I did not love her. It could not be further from the truth. I love you so much. I just don't want to do dishes, you know? And so we quickly found out, you know, we didn't let our roommate problems become marriage problems. Okay. All right. Some newlyweds say amen. We quickly found out that like in order for her to feel loved and to receive love meant I had to roll my sleeves up and, man, and, and wash those caked on pants, you know? And so now I know, man, guys, I'm helping you out. I'm not more attractive to my wife than when I'm just in the kitchen crushing it, you know? Just taking care of those dirty pants. It's not when I come home from the gym and I'm wearing the sleeveless shirt and my swole is on and the muscles are looking big. She's like, whatever. I don't care, you know? But it's like, but, but if I get home from the gym and I'm crushing that sleeveless shirt and I get in there and I start scrubbing those pans, then I'm like, whoa, watch out. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking really good. I'm looking really good to my wife. It's serving. It's serving. Now I reached the true depth of depravity of my selfishness when I had kids. You know, when I, had, when I had those little ones, just nonstop right now, daddy, daddy, daddy. You know, we were just, uh, we were just away this weekend and, and uh, I just let, um, we were somewhere that had a pool. And so I just let Katie chill by the pool and you know who was in the pool, throwing kids, swimming, you know, making sure they're safe. It was me because man, I love and I'm growing in serving my kids and serving my wife. But man, I'm telling you, There is when we serve, and we want to grow in selflessness. It is work. It does not come naturally, and so we have to like get to the point where we acknowledge at the core of who we are, all of us, we have selfishness problems. And it probably won't go away until we enter into glory when Jesus comes back. Okay, we have selfishness problems, our pride, our self-preservation. Man, they are enemies that we have to fight. And that's why the Apostle Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul. Right? It says, and uh, I've heard you know Christian historians and theologians say the, the, the one person that's had the greatest, like single, the single-handedly greatest impact on the world with Christianity apart from Jesus is the Apostle. Paul, he wrote nearly half of the New Testament and he was writing a church and he was encouraging the church and and this idea of selflessness and serving and humility comes into play here. He says, so does belonging in Christ help you in any way? Does his love, does it comfort you at all? Do you share anything in common because of the Holy Spirit? Has Christ ever been gentle and loving towards you? Come on, has Christ ever been gentle and loving towards you? Come on, if we're believers in Jesus, we all have our hands up right now and saying yes. And so if any, of things have hap- if any of these things have happened to you, then agree with one another. Agree with one another. Have the same love. Be one in spirit in the way you think and act. By doing this, you will make my joy complete. Don't do anything only to get ahead. Don't do it because you're proud. Instead, be humble. Value others more than yourselves. None of you should look out just for your own good. Each of you should also look out for the good of others. In verse three, that word proud that he writes is a Greek word it's uh canadoxia. Okay. Canadoxia. And it literally means don't do anything out of empty glory. How many of us, man, we, ser- we seek after in our lives, we seek after empty glory glory okay we seek after um we seek after the trophy we seek after the promotion we we chase the story right we 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 try to do something for the the perfect post right we try to we live life to have the the just that perfect experience but we i think if we're all real with ourselves we understand that those experiences and those stories and those trophies man they're here today and then they're gone tomorrow it's empty glory because we're chasing after stuff for ourselves Okay, but here, but here's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't do anything out of empty glory. Further on in, in Philippians, you can read, it says that Jesus, he didn't do anything out of empty glory, but Jesus emptied himself so that he could bring you and me into glory. Right? It wasn't empty glory. He says, I'm going to empty myself. I'm going to lay down my glory and I'm going to empty myself so I can bring everyone here into my glory. And so what is glory that we can attain that, that isn't empty, but it's full? Church, it's not about posturing ourselves. It's about emptying ourselves. And this is kingdom culture. Okay, this is what it means to be people of the kingdom. This is kingdom culture where we say, man, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about my hopes and my dreams. It's about laying it down so that I can see other people blessed. I can see other people taken care of. I can see other people uh, uh, just brought into the glory of knowing Jesus. Man, this this is how we live as people of God's kingdom. So as we move into not just being believers of Jesus, but committed followers, of Jesus, we must learn to serve as Jesus did. And this idea of emptying ourselves, I'm telling you, if you think, yeah, I get it. I got it. No, no, no. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Dying to yourself is a hard pill to swallow. And church, I really think that when it, when it comes to serving, um, humility and serving, they really go hand in hand. You know, it's kind of like a conundrum, like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? You think, well, do I have to be humble before I serve or do I need to serve to be humble? And the answer is yes. You know, we, it's both and, it's a both and thing. To be more like Christ, we have to humble ourselves to serve and we have to serve to humble ourselves. Now, I, I, I had a picture of this early on when I was in high school, uh, growing up in youth group. Uh, one of my best friends who's in my wedding, I know him to this day, one of my favorite people. His name is Abe Anfinson. And I remember in youth group, uh, you know, we would, you know, be at an event or be, some, be somewhere at church and the, the event got done, right? And who knows, at, at, when there's church events and the event is over, there is setup and cleanup to do, okay? And I would watch Abe, like he would always have a button up shirt on or a polo, and the button up shirt and the polo would come off. Thank God there was an undershirt okay? And Abe would just get to work. He'd put his head down. He'd stack chairs. He'd move the stacks of chairs and move the tables. He'd go to the pastor. What else is there to do? What else is there to do? And he would just be dripping in sweat in his undershirt. I can picture it to this day. I love that guy. And I would look at that and I'd be like, is there someone I can go talk to right now so it looks like I'm busy so I don't have to do the work, right? Is there somewhere, like I'd see Abe just go crush it and then I'd be like, hey, cool. Hey, pastor over here. Hey, hey man, I really got this issue. in my, You know, like I would just try to do something to avoid the work. And then I would see Abe and as the, the more I saw Abe, the more I realized I want to be like Abe man, I saw Abe and I saw him just blessing the church and blessing the people. But not just that, I saw Abe content and just like he had this internal just happiness about him. And I'm like, I wanna be like that. I wanna be like that. And can I just tell you, church, when we serve, we don't serve for us, but there are benefits that we get when we do die to ourselves. And uh, there was a secular psychologist who did a study in which he asked his subjects to list 10 people they knew best and to label them as happy or not happy. Then they went through the whole list again and they had to label each one as being selfish or not selfish, using the following term for selfishness, a stable tendency to devote one's time and resources to one's own interests and welfare, and an unwillingness to inconvenience oneself for other, for others. When I was in high school, I fell into that category. I was more like, I just want to do what I want to do. I just want to like, take care of myself. I, you know, and I saw A, being unselfish. So the results show that all the people labeled happy were also labeled Unselfish, and check this out. He wrote that those whose activities are devoted to bringing themselves happiness are far less likely to be happy than those whose efforts are devoted to making others happy. Man, when I think about Jesus, you know, I don't know what your image of Jesus is or what you picture Jesus's personality like. I just know this: there is a couple accounts in Scripture where the kids loved being around Jesus. Now, I don't think kids love being around grumpy people. I don't think kids like being around someone who's just like, you know? I, I, I really believe Jesus in his time on earth and in his ministry, he was a happy guy. I think he laughed. I think he was full of joy. I think Jesus just carried, man, I, I mean, he carried the verse that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I have to imagine Jesus was a joyful, happy person, in his life. And I wonder if that correlation that we get from the secular study was even just embodied from Jesus, where man, his whole life was giving himself for the world. And he must have carried just an internal happiness and a joy. And if I'm saying, if you're here today and you're just struggling, man, I'm struggling with happiness. I'm struggling finding joy. I would just ask you, man, how, where, what is your level of selflessness at? What is your level of serving at? Who are you serving? You know, where, where are you serving? How often are you serving? You know, because Jesus, he said this about himself. He said, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Church, we gotta be amazed at what Jesus did for us. We have to be amazed that Jesus would give up his life in a humble act to serve and to save us. And until we are amazed at that, I just believe we're gonna have a hard time doing the same. I believe we're gonna have a hard time if we are are not truly grateful for the grace, the love, the forgiveness, the power that Jesus laid down his life for so that we could have, until we're truly amazed at that, I think we will have a hard time stepping up to serve the way Jesus did. But I'm amazed at Jesus. And I got to tell you guys, I'm amazed at people who model the service of Jesus. I mean, there are some amazing people just in our campus, in our community here at Minnetrista that I just think about. And I'm like, I'm literally amazed by. They are so amazing to me. I think of one person, I got, Barry here in the back, who's like, he, man, Barry is the man, and Barry, like, I gotta tell you, he's our leader of all of our security teams. Who's grateful for our security teams? Come on, and Barry leads, man. And Barry, uh, man, I just, I, I love you. I love your heart because your heart is for the safety and security, man, of not just our kids, but our whole community. And you lead our ushers team with humility and with diligence. Like there are times Barry's emailing me. I'm like, dude, I don't know the answer, man. I don't know why you're emailing. And like, he's just reaching out to me and he is amazing. I love, I love, love, love uh, Barry. Uh, man, I, I just think of like Benita Jerome, Benita. I, like, I love you, Benita. Benita. like every week Benita is here and she's got all her kids in tow. And they're all serving. And it just makes me think, uh, I didn't have this in my notes. Sorry, production team. Maybe we could throw this in next service. But Benita, like you remind me of this as a parent, showing your kids what it is to serve and bringing them along with you. You know, Moses with the people of God before they went in the promised land, he encouraged the Israelites in, in Deuteronomy 6. It says, when, when your children ask you in times to come, what's the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Meaning like, why do we serve? Then you shall say to them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt and the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with a mighty hand and the Lord showed us signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt, against Pharaoh, against all his household before our eyes. He brought us up from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give us. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statues and to fear the Lord our God. Benita, you are showing your kids, you're showing the next generation with your heart to serve saying, hey, before Jesus, I was a slave to sin, but by his grace, he saved me. He's freed me. I'm a new creation in Christ. And so we serve him because he served us first. Man, we're setting an example. Parents, I want to encourage you. Set an example with your kids. Man, you, 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 don't, you can bring kids along to greet. You can bring kids along, you know, to serve day. You can bring kids along and show them, man, this is what it means to, that, that Jesus has saved us and he's changed us. It's amazing. And so I've got a couple points points as we, as we get ready to close here. The life of a Christian, I'm telling you, the life of following Jesus, it's a race to the bottom. It's not a race to the top. It's a race to the bottom. You know, it's easy for us to serve people that have the status. It's easy for us to serve our bosses. It's easy for us to serve, you know, the people that are nice to serve. You know, the, the, the people that we can get something out of by serving them. But that's not what Jesus calls us to. He says, man, we're not supposed to serve people that have the status, to serve people that culture says is above. Like our heart is to serve the people that, that society said, man, they're below us. In John thirteen fifteen, Jesus says, I've set you an example that you should do this as I have done for you. And one person that just raced to the bottom was Mother Teresa. You know, Mother Teresa, she she started Missionaries of Charity, uh, 4,500 nuns serving in 133 different countries. And they take a vow, and I have to read this. They take a vow to wholeheartedly provide free service to the poorest of the poor. Mother Teresa is an example of service. And she has, um, if you Google Mother Teresa's list of humility, remember, humility is that hard thing to define and try to figure out like, what is humility? You can go online and find this list that Mother Teresa Teresa, I think she wrote. We don't know. I mean, it's just, it's attributed to Mother Teresa. I got it somewhere. And if you Google it, there's awesome pictures of Mother Teresa on the list next to her. But the last thing on the list, it says, choose always the more difficult task it's racing to the bottom. It's helping those that, that, you know, might creep you out. It's helping those that, 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 that need it the most, you know, and can I just say racing to the bottom, it's not always easy or convenient, but it is always necessary to become more like Christ. You want to become more like Christ. It's racing to the bottom. And I just am so thankful that Jesus gives us grace. Remember power, love, forgiveness we don't deserve. He gives us grace to do it. And I would just say, if you've received that forgiveness, if you've received that power, if you've received that love, then I would say the grace of God in our lives is pointless if we don't have a servant's heart. What Jesus paid to give us is pointless if we don't have a servant's heart to turn around and pour it out to other people. Okay? Uh, it says um, in Romans 12, 9 through 13, this is Apostle Paul. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. That's race into the bottom. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Do you guys know as we serve each other, we're serving the Lord. Man, as we serve our brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, as we serve our community, we are not just serving people. We are serving people. We're taking care of them. But more than that, we are truly serving the Lord. Okay? Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Um, Have you ever been to Chick-fil-A? Have you ever been to Chick-fil-A? God bless Chick-fil-A and that amazing chicken. Okay? One day I went to Chick-fil-A in Bloomington and it was a really sunny, hot day. And um, I'm taking my kids, like my kids love Chick-fil-A, right? We're training them up in the ways of the Lord. And uh, we go to Chick-fil-A and I'm in the drive-thru and I don't know if their menu was down or if they're just super busy, but they had workers out there, I kid you not, with hats that had sun umbrellas on top of the hats. And then they had this like weird, crazy contraption and they're just going to the windows and they're taking orders in person to people. And whenever you order anything at Chick fil A, it's the best. And I'm like, man, thank you so much. What do they say? My pleasure drives me nuts. And I'll tell you why it drives me nuts. Because at the Chanhassen Chick-fil-A, it's almost exclusively run by teenagers. How they train teenagers to be so amazing and be like, my pleasure, my pleasure. Can we get anything else for you, sir? I'm like, man, you guys have figured something out. Chick-fil-A is amazing. But it's not just Chick-fil-A. Uh, recently, we, uh, when we were on our sabbatical, we stayed at a Hilton. And we go to the Hilton and I'm like, hey, can we get anything or, or said, hey, can we get so, such and such for our room? And they're like, certainly, Mr. Olson. Man, thank you so much. What did Hilton start saying? My pleasure. Every single employee. My pleasure. My pleasure, Mr. Olson. I'm just like, what? And it made me think, man, we are willing to bend over backwards to promote, to promote a corporate culture. And yet we're so unwilling to yield to build a kingdom culture saying, my pleasure. You don't know what Jesus has done for me. It's my honor to serve you. It's my honor to serve Jesus. It is my, this is my heart. I mean, this is, God's done so much for me. I wanna serve, I wanna serve. And so if we need to think of, uh, if we need to think to ourselves, if we need to think of ourselves less and serving people helps us do that, Than to grow in our relationship with Jesus, I'm telling you, this is for us to grow, to become more like Christ-like. Serving's a non-negotiable. We have to serve. There's just no way about it. Busyness can't hold us back. Excuses can't hold us back. We must serve. And I love Pastor Rob's book, Fix It, um, because he has a part where it talks about serving. He says, hey, serve in a general way. And I'm telling you, this Saturday at 8.30 a.m. with Chick-fil-A, my pleasure, here at the campus, we have an opportunity to serve in a general way. We can't write a check. You can't delegate it. It's you having to do it. It's you having to go stain the barn. It's you having to go serve our young men at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge Lakeside Academy, Okay. You can't, you can't get, I mean, there's no way about it. It's saying it's a priority. Jesus has done so much for me. I need to serve. You can serve in a gathered way, right? Where you serve when we gather together, right? Serving at um, our sisterhood nights or our leadership nights or our worship nights. Serving, um, serving in our youth ministry on Wednesday night is the greatest ever. Hey, I'm just being real. I need some men of God to step up in leadership in our youth ministry I need some men of God that are passionate about God, that love the next generation and know that, man, there is a, there's, I'm telling you, Gen Gen Z, we are one generation away from from people not knowing God. We are always one generation away from people not knowing God. We need men of God to step up and serve the next generation and love these kids and disciple them and show them what true, uh, humble, servant-hearted men of God look like. And so... I'm just going to leave that in your hands to do figure out men. Um, (laughs) Man, serve in a gathered way in our go kids, in our greeting, in our parking lot. Leslie's my man. He's a weekend warrior, man. He's got such a heart to just create an atmosphere of belonging and an atmosphere of people feeling valued the minute they get on our property. It's an amazing ministry that we can serve in. You can serve in a gifted way. You know, use the gifts that God has given you to advance his kingdom. Man, I think of uh, Mark Printy uh, is an amazing, uh, amazing, amazing uh, carpenter. And uh, a couple years ago, I said, Mark, I need like a, we need like a display for youth to show off our youth merch. And he goes, I got it. And he goes and he gets some reclaimed barn wood and like all this cool heart, like restoration hardware looking stuff. And he builds just this beauty uh, of a, of a, uh, of a um, merch like stand, you know, to show off all of our t and everything and youth. I'm telling you, this thing is so well built. It would withstand an atomic drop, bomb drop on a thing, man. This thing's amazing. And Mark used this gift. I think of like, uh, we have youth leaders that are nurses that, man, they go and they nurse at our youth camps and they're there and they're there administering medication and bandaging kids up and saying, yep, send them to the ER, you know, like, uh, but if you're a CEO, if you're, if you're uh, gifted in administrative, administrative skills, if you're an amazing photographer, man, we, if, if you have gifts, the church has space for you to serve and build the kingdom with those gifts. But I'm just saying, whether it's a general, a gathered, a gifted way, we're not exempt from any of it. We need to serve in all categories because serving helps us become more like Christ. And what has Christ done for us? Um, I just think of Daniel Rouse's book as I just, you know, close here. Um, he gives three uh, examples of how to grow in serving. Number one, he says, serve your family. Learn to serve well in your family. I, I, have, I, have a, I have a life goal that I want the people to know me the best. I want them to respect me the most. That means my family. That means I want to be, I want to I serve my kids. I want to serve my wife. I don't want to just do the bare minimum though. I don't want to just serve in the ways that I can serve, right? My wife never mows the lawn. I mow the lawn. I do it every single week. You know, it's awesome. Praise God for mowing lawns. But, I want to do that, but I want to go above and beyond and serve her. When she goes on a work trip, I always try to, you know, do something around the house to make it extra special when she comes home. You know, that means, man, I might be on my hands and knees scrubbing toilets. That means I might, you know, uh, just work extra hard to really clean and declutter the kitchen. I might work extra hard. Well, I don't do this one well, but cleaning up toys. I hate cleaning up toys. Kids, pick up your own toys. You're five and three. Good grades. Good gracious. Um, Um... I want to learn to serve my family well. Husbands and wives, kids, serve your family well. Start there. And then serve your community. Here, we have serve day coming up. Let's get the slide up. We have serve day coming up. And um, I'm just going to tell you, we have 53 spots today. Church, this is not good. We should not have 53 open spots left. We've been announcing this for weeks. We want to bless our community. Christ has served us. We need to serve okay? Maybe avoid the lake for a morning, okay? Avoid the appointment for a morning and just serve your community because Christ has served you, right? I'm just saying, as your incoming campus pastor, I'm saying 53 spots is not good. It's not good. We need to step up. We need to go online. It's just literally go online, rivervalley.org slash serve today. I don't want to leave Lakeside hanging, We told them we're bringing 30 people that are excited, that are going to crush, that are going to, man, just be an amazing blessing. I don't want to leave them hanging because we don't take advantage of this opportunity. Okay? Serve day. Finally, serve your church. Serve your church. Life teams. Life teams. Can I just say, I'm so proud of the Miniatrista campus when it comes to life teams. We have almost 800 people that call this campus their church home. And of those 800 people, we have 350 people that serve at least once a month here in our church. Come on, that's amazing. That's amazing. But can I just say, our vision for this church, if you call this church your home, you're serving, right? I serve in my house. And if this church is your home, man, it's time to help out around the house right? And we're just asking just once a month. Like, if you want to serve in first impressions, we're not asking you to like hand over an arm and a leg and say, you are now serving the rest of your life, all of your life. We want everything you got. No, we just want to give you, we want to get you in just at least once a month. If you're serving in youth, it's every Wednesday night. Serving in Go Kids at least twice a month. Okay. We're not asking for, we're not asking for a pound of flesh. We're just saying, hey, can you just give a time? Can you just give a moment? Can you give a moment in your month to serve your community and love people the way Christ loved you? And you might just come back and be like, I'm busy. I'm too busy. All right. I got a quote from Billy Graham. Now, Billy Graham said this. I'm not saying this. Billy Graham said it. So don't be mad at me. All right. You can take it up with Billy Graham when you get to heaven. But this is what he said. He goes, we hurt people by being too busy, too busy to notice their needs, too busy to drop that note of comfort or encouragement or assurance of love, too busy to listen when someone needs to talk, too busy to care. When we're too busy, I'm just going to tell you, it doesn't just hurt other people. It hurts ourselves. And serving helps us create the margin to eliminate, to start like taking, you know, just taking some uh, 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 chunks off of that busyness and saying, I have to create some time and space so that I can serve, so that I can serve. And as we close, I just think of Jesus' parable of the talents. The Lord tells of two faithful servants, who used what they had been given to increase the master's wealth. When the master returned from a long absence, he rewarded his two faithful servants. And he said to each of them, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Now come and share your master's happiness. That's my longing as a Christian to hear. When I step into the gates of heaven, I want Jesus to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Notice Jesus doesn't say, well done, good and faithful, successful person. He doesn't say, well done, good and faithful, busy person. He doesn't say, well done, good and faithful, important, popular person, promoted person. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. And so Lord, as we gather today, God, we want to, God, it's an area. God, I thank you that every single one of us have steps to take because of this message. Lord, every single one of us have areas to grow because as Paul wrote in Galatians, our sinful nature and the spirit are constantly at battle within within ourselves. And Lord, I thank you that as we serve, it helps us grow in humility. And God, it, it requires us humbling ourselves to say, I'm here to serve. And so Lord, I thank you that you're speaking. I thank you that you give us this instruction. I thank you that you uh, illuminate to us how we can grow and not just become Jesus versions of ourselves, but to become Christ-like, just to become more like Jesus. Lord, help us. We need your instruction. We need your Holy Spirit. God, give us the, give us the ideas. God, give us the places that we need to step into. And as a church, we will step into it faithfully. Uh, and trusting you, God, stepping out in faith, saying, Lord, you know what is best for us. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen.